0: Matthew chapter 6, then beginning in verse 5, hear the word of God, Jesus to his disciples. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. They love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. When you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who sees in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, let your name be kept holy. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. The scripture says, "The grass withers and the flower fades, but if the word of the Lord lasts." Uh, Forever. We've just read something eternal in the scripture. We come to the end of the Lord's Prayer. Jesus, as He's teaching us to pray, at the end of the Lord's Prayer, teaches us how to pray. He teaches us to pray, lead us not into temptation, uh, but deliver us from evil. Uh, Because there are constant struggles, and because we need help. Uh, As He's taught us to pray, He's warned us how not to pray. Uh, not like the hypocrites uh, boastfully, uh, showfully before others, uh, not like the Gentiles thinking that it's because of something that we bring or something that we do in our praying uh, that gets God to, to answer it, but we should come trustingly to God as our Father. Jesus teaches us that we, as we come, we come also putting uh, first praying about God's interests. Um, before talking just about our own. We're coming praying for His name, praying for God's our uh, reputation, first of all. Uh, praying not just for, for our agenda of what we want to see happen, but praying for God's kingdom uh, to come. And not just for our wants or likes or things that we wish would happen, but praying for God's will to be done is what will be best. And even as we come to pray for for the things that we want and the things that we need, Jesus teaches us more about how to pray. Um, even when it comes to physical needs, he, he teaches us to pray uh, in a modest and humble and trusting uh, way, um, <coughs> asking for our daily bread. Um, when it comes to relationships, both before Him and with other people, he teaches us uh, to pray for forgiveness for our past sins, but, but that wouldn't be in a hypocritical way, that it would be sincerely the way that we're also showing that same forgiveness to others. There would be a correspondence between them. And lastly, then, he, goes, he comes to the ongoing struggles, um, temptations, and evil. Uh, just as we need forgiveness of past sins, there's, there's ongoing uh, struggles. We need help in the future and in the present. We need someone uh, to guide and to rescue us. Uh, particularly, we're to pray because we need God to guide and to rescue us. Now, to, to pray that way is also brings out our vulnerability. It, it, it admits our weakness. Most of us don't particularly want to admit your vulnerability, or right? I don't want to like go around and tell everyone the things that I'm weak, and you don't want others to know your weak spots, because then that means they could hurt you, and use that against you, I can twist that. Um, even for yourself, we even for ourselves, we tend to avoid certain things that we're that are vulnerabilities for us, right? Um, if it's not something that you know that you're good at, let's go do something else, right? Like, like why well, put myself in that situation if I don't know that I'm gonna, gonna do it well? We don't we don't like to see our vulnerabilities. I mean, who likes to ask for directions, right? Um, I hate to ask for I don't I don't ask for directions um, or to have someone have someone guide you. It's one thing when you first come to campus and you get the campus tour, you know, but like junior year, if you're still like Williams Building. I know I was there last week. Can <laughs> someone please take me to the Williams Building, right? Um, you, no, you're just going to like keep walking around hoping you'd run <laughs> into someone from your class and then like follow them there. Uh, you, you, wouldn't <clears throat> you don't want to let's have a guide. Um, and we really don't want to per- be the person who needs to be rescued, um, right? The person who's stuck. Uh, can't get it done, can't get out themselves, uh, need someone else to, to help them. We'd much rather think of ourselves as capable um, as successful, um, even when it comes to, when it comes to spiritual life, religious life and the Christian life. We want to be the ones that can think of ourselves as, as capable and successful, uh, but Jesus calls us to pray in a different way. Because the truth of the matter is that we're, we're all. Vulnerable, Uh, very uh, vulnerable, and and especially vulnerable when it comes to the two words that he mentioned in this last part of temptation and evil. Um, Do you you recognize about yourself that that some wrong things are so appealing that left to yourself, that's exactly what you want to go do? Um, Do you realize that the evil that you get yourself stuck in, it's beyond your power to, to, to escape from. Uh you see that Jesus doesn't leave room for hypocritical prayer of the capable and successful Christian who's conquering uh, temptation uh, and conquering the realm of sin. He calls us to admit our weakness, admit our vulnerability to sin, to temptation and evil, pleading with God for help to be able to escape, uh, help to avoid and to escape. Most of y'all know about me that I love to go off-roading. Kind I'm of take some of you out off-roading. If you haven't been off-roading with me, let me know. I need another excuse to, to go out on the trails. I would, I would love for you to be that excuse for me to go, uh, go out trail riding. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's a lot of fun to just even just get out in the dirt and be riding through some of the narrow trails, but uh, Abby's never been Whoa, we've got to rectify that. Um, uh, if, you, if you haven't been, we'll, we'll, we'll get some time. Uh, I love getting out there, driving down the trails, and especially anytime I'm out there, I'm always looking for a, a nice big spot of mud a little water piled up on top of it, it's even better, right? It's out there and, I, and whenever I see the mud, what I want to be able to do is just gun it, hit right in there, plow it up, the water's going over the windshield, eventually you're hoping you come out the other side, wheels are bogging through it and uh, you feel victorious as you, you come out the mud on the other side. Um, but, but it's a little bit dangerous, um, it's not dangerous to ride with me. But driving, but but it's dangerous when you when you see the mud there because there's also the possibility of, uh, of not coming out so successfully on the other side, right? That I'm looking at it and I want to plunge right in, um, but I but I know that we could also end up getting very quickly very stuck uh, in a way that I'm not going to be able to get us out on even if I was digging for a while or had some other things. So, uh, we could get we could get stuck uh, very bad. It wouldn't be very good. Um, and all that desire to get into it, but still a, a danger there. I think there's a similar thing uh, here in this passage. that There's a desire within us to, to plunge headlong into sin. Desire for us to plunge headlong into it. Uh, into stuff that we know isn't good for us. And the stuff that we know that God says don't do. You know the stuff that God is offended by us doing, and there are places that we can we quickly get stuck, can't get ourselves out of. And Jesus teaches us to pray for God to guide us and for God to rescue us. Right? He's. So you look at the way He's talking about. He talks about entrance and exit. Um, entrance into temptation and, and exit uh, from evil. We need, we need help not to go in uh, and we need rescue, we need help to be able to get out. We're going to talk about it. Um, so, the first point then, the picture of the road sign, do not enter. Right, It's kind of like a white sign, little partial red circle, do not enter, right? Um, we need to be praying because we want to go in places that we shouldn't. Um, when you see the, the road sign, do not enter, what do you do? Right, so one lane road, heavy traffic coming through. Uh, you're thinking about turning there. You saw the sign. You saw the oncoming traffic. You're like, that wouldn't go very well, right? Uh, if I go forward that way, it's not going not gonna to end well. My car's not going to canal well through this. Um, it's going to be a crash. It's going to be a wreck. Um, can 't do it. it's nice it's helpful to have the warning to know what you need to avoid. Um, but, but other times that's exactly what we want to do is go in a place that says, "Do not enter." Um, I remember growing up in New Jersey, there was this uh, this really old, rickety uh, mill building down on Clark's Pond. If you went down the street and then turned it went over the dam. this Clark's Pond trail that we were allowed to like go hike along and play out on Clark's Pond Trail. And right at the entrance of it was next to Clark's Pond and at the edge of the, next to the trail, in between the trail and the pond was this big old like three or four story mill that hadn't been used in that point in probably like 50 to 70 years. I don't know. It was, it was like the, the walls were actually like leaning. And there were signs all over that said like do not enter. right? No trespassing. Don't go in here. Um, so, after passing by a few times, eventually found a friend that, uh, that was interested too. like, all right, let's, let's go in there. Um, and, and we go in this place, like, climb in through one of the back windows where some of the wood's been like, pulled off. And seriously, you get up on the floor of this place and you can look down because, like, floorboards are missing. And you can just see open water underneath. It's like, oh, there's some fish down there. So, so we keep exploring. We're like, all right, well, let's, let's go up another floor. <laughs> we go over to the stairs of this place, um, if you can still call them that, because the, um, uh, whatever the strips are called on the side that the stairs rest on, those strips were there. But the actual pieces that you would stand on, most of those were missing. It was like, five out of like 13 that were there, right? You're like, okay, we can make it up there. <laughs> so we go up there, the second floor the same way, the boards that aren't, um, you know, aren't gone or you're still kind of worried, it's like make sure you step on the nails because that means you're underneath the rafters and if it breaks, you won't be going through. That's the kind of things we're thinking. We go in the fourth four story of this place and, and come down, right? Um, I was very lucky and fortunate that the whole building uh, didn't fall over on top of me or that I didn't take the wrong step and come through all the way from the fourth floor down into the water underneath. Right? Um, but when I see that building, and especially when I see it say, do not enter, <laughs> that's exactly what I want to do. Um, I want to go in there. Um, sometimes exactly what we want to do is go into to danger not just danger, but to temptation and sin. Now, I think a lot of times we tend to think of sin kind of as just bad things that you shouldn't do, right? And they're bad things, so they're bad things that, like, that are bad, and so you don't really want to do those. They're things that only bad people want to do, right? When you think of rape and murder, you're like, oh, those are wrong things, and only bad people want to do those. Um, uh, a friend of mine in college, and Mike Baker, used to say, listen, you know, we wouldn't have to talk about sin very much if sin didn't, didn't feel good, if sin wasn't, wasn't appealing to it. Well, sin is something that's oftentimes pleasurable, that we, we want it. That's why we have to be warned about it. Um, that's why it's difficult. Uh, in fact, if you look over at, uh, at James, uh, the way James talks about it, and uh, start with verse 13, he says uh, this, uh, verse 1, it says, let no one say when he's tempted, I'm being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts evil. So how it happen then? But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by what? When he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it's conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, uh, brings forth death. Right. Let them sin by our own desires for it because we want it. The reason you sin is because you want to sin. It's appealing to you. All right, so, so what are the bad things that you're tempted to do? Um, what are your particular uh, temptations? Right? Just, do you recognize what your own propensities are? Where your spots of real weakness and real vulnerabilities are? Some things... Will you know be different for different people? Some things won't be appealing to you, and others will be extremely enticing. Maybe so praying lead us not into temptation. Uh, you can pray that more specifically to God as well. Do you, do you recognize what that entrance into temptation looks like for you? What are the, the, the the things that are appealing to you. Um, here's a few. If any of these uh, strike home, um, right porn is is kind of an easy one. If you're if you're left on your own. Uh, in your room, no one else is around, high speed internet, streaming images of whatever you want to watch, what do you end up doing? Oh. Or maybe you've got that, you just heard that juicy piece of gossip, right, about someone that all your friends know and they don't really want other people to know, but man, this is it's probably going to get out anyway, right? And you're trying to be good, you're like, no, I don't want to be the person that says anything about that, and, but it's not someone that you particularly like. Then you're around some other people that know them that are people that you also want to impress. And a topic comes up. What do you do? Um, maybe you've got just know that you've got responsibilities that need to be done, uh, things that you need to get to, papers, studying, things for friends, whatever. Uh, you've already been putting it off. Um, it's, it's crunch time. You know you have to get it done and then sit down and work on it. Like the Facebook chat comes up. Well, I maybe it's not bad, but, but uh, some other excuse comes up. A friend calls you and, and, like, hey, let's go hang out. And there's other, could you help me with this? All right? Um, but you know what you need to do. Well, you've got the other excuse. Does it, does it more procrastination, laziness, avoiding responsibilities? Maybe you would say you would never cheat on a test, right? Uh, this is college. You, you've got to do your own work. It's not going to get you anywhere. If you're, if you're not doing it, you would never Cheat on a test, but then you're you know, talking with a friend who happens to be in an earlier session of the same class, just took a test, and you're not like asking him to tell you things that are on there, but you know, like, well, how was it? Was it hard? Did you study? Did you feel like you were prepared? And uh, you start talking about it, and he's like, oh, God, it's really hard tell um, tells a little more about it. He's like, let me, give you, you me give you some hints for, for what you need to look over, particular questions that, uh, that maybe I would say you should, you should really know. The ones that are on the study guide that I circled here that you should pay to work on these, I'll, I'll tell you the answer that he wanted. I'm um, like, well, right, this is a class that my, my GPA really needs this. And if I don't make the grade on this class, um, I don't know that I'm going to be able to keep bright futures. Now, when the, when the temptation is there, where do you go? Um, maybe, maybe the person that you like finally is really into you. Um, you are together, and things are going well. Um, you're making out, and, and like places, you, things that you said you're not gonna, you are not going you do not want to go there. They're getting ready to, they're starting that direction. But right then, it feels, it feels right. It feels really good. What do, what do you do? Um, it's the food thing, too, right? There's a, it's a nice, uh, nutritious, well-balanced uh, meal right in front of you. I mean, you've already eaten once that day. Right. Um, and um, uh, uh, you, you've already had that, had that one good meal, and you, you hate to ever gain another ounce. Um, and, and there was that day last week when you skipped exercising anyway, so what do you do? Um, maybe you're just in a group of people talking. Uh, other people are beginning to be open about things in their life, uh, even wrong things that, that's done. What do you do? You just kind of say nothing? Giving the impression that you don't have anything to, to share, that, that your, your life is pretty well together? Maybe you look for the chance just to offer advice as someone who's got the answers a little bit more and need to tell someone else what, what needs to be done or how to, how to deal with those things um, from an arrogant uh, place or, or showing off, giving your opinion even when they're not asking for it. Um, right, just giving some examples, right? Um, maybe some of those things strike home for you. Maybe for you it's entirely other things. The list could go on and, and on. And on right, um, control, idolatry, uh, bitterness, J- just plain selfishness, and how you deal with other people, and what choices you make, and how you treat people when they don't do what you want them to do, um, lying about things. Right, but you, you, do you get the point? Do you see your own desires for bad things that have left yourself? That's the direction you want to go. If put in that situation. I'm not saying it's inevitable, but you, you, you know where you want to go. Um, we, Jesus said we shouldn't be confident walking into the test, right? Like, like you're the knight who's going to go into the trial that others have failed and come out unscathed in, in the Christian life, right? Um, Think that we can pass the test or succeed in being like a good Christian. Um, Jesus is saying we should come... Praying and vulnerability. I'm praying open about our weakness, saying, God, please don't lead me into temptation. Because I know where I want to go. It's not good. I know that I'll fail you if led there. You know what Jesus tells his disciples about uh, temptation a little bit a little bit later in Matthew? I looked at this late, uh, before, Jesus in the Garden of me praying. In Matthew uh, 26, uh, verse 41, as he comes back from praying, the disciples have been sleeping, uh, he says to them this. He says, watch and pray. Right, that's what you need to be doing. Watch and pray. Watch. Watch and pray that so ye may not enter into temptation. Uh, and he says, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Right, We need to pray because we need God's help in order not to rebel against him. Well, that's where uh, we would go. Uh, prayer, this, this is your major tool in the struggle with temptation. Is saying, God, I need your help. I'm, I'm not capable uh, of doing this. Recognizing the things of, of where we begin to, to enter into temptation and asking God to, uh, to, to not lead us there. Um, and it's... Through prayer in particular, uh, that, that Jesus' emphasis on it is that we're, that we're given the Spirit. And we looked at the Luke 11 passages before. Uh, you know, what father would, of you would give uh, evil gifts to, to your children when they're asking for good things? How much more will your heavenly Father also give you the Spirit? Um, the Spirit indeed is willing, the flesh is weak. And to pray, God, that we wouldn't enter into temptation, that His Spirit would be unlogging us, producing different desires in us, to resist, to avoid, to follow God. Um, it's the same Spirit that was poured out on Jesus, Jesus' Spirit, which, as He was tempted, led Him in the right way. Um, and it only comes from God's help. First Corinthians 10 um, Verses 12 and 13 gives you this warning. Let anyone who thinks he stands take heed, lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. We want to go in where the sign says, do not enter. Actually, it looks kind of appealing to us. Um, God is faithful to guide us, to guide us by His Holy Spirit, and we should be praying uh, for that. Now, at the same time, we'll we'll at times end up in temptation, Um, even end up having gotten ourselves stuck uh, where we can't get out. So, that prayer doesn't end there. There's a second part to it deliver us uh, from evil. Uh, You've got the first road sign, do not enter, uh, second road sign, exit now. Uh, do not enter, we, we need to be praying because we want to go in where we shouldn't, uh, but also exit now because we're praying because we can't get out. I'm kind of a fan of the uh, interstate system that uh, Eisenhower or something that, like put out the little the creep, uh, interstate system again. I'm glad I lived this. Like, If it wasn't for the interstates, most of you would have taken me a lot longer to go home or wherever you went for, for spring break. at the cruise on down, to exits only every once in a while, but only the places that you kind of want them uh, to be. It moves a lot faster, faster across. But you you drive down the interstate, you see, you see the different exit signs, right? And you see the, see the signs, maybe sometimes the advertisements. Exit now, right? Because you might just be traveling down the road. and are like, well, when should we stop? Well, we should stop for lunch. What should we get? Want to look at Cracker Barrel. Cracker Barrel is a great place to stop on a long trip. You'll just sit play a little, uh, lay a little checkers while you're there. Sit by the fire, maybe. Um, so you're going along. and They'll tell you, all right, exit in so many miles. But then you might not be paying attention. You're talking with someone. You need that sign a little bit later, right before the, right before the exit. It's like, exit now, right? And like, aha, now, now I know where to go. Um, I'll admit, it uh, wasn't but a few weeks ago that I was driving, uh, driving over town I-10, and I knew what my exit number was. I was watching for my exit number. And uh, suddenly I saw my exit number, as Karen's like, Oh, look, there's exit 304, whatever it is, uh, where you're supposed to be turning. It's like, oh, there it went. Um, I missed that exit now uh, sign, right? No. Luckily, I was in the Jeep, so we just like moved over whatever median or more often, and it was, it was nice. <laughs> but typically, you're, you're stuck, uh, and you've got to go several more miles before you'll be able to, to do anything else before you'll be able to get out at all, right? Um, there are situations we can get in that we don't know how to get out of. Um, far worse than that, not just we don't know how to get out of it, we don't have the, we don't have the capability of being able to exit, uh, get ourselves unstuck at all. i uh, got another story. Alice, the other week um, decided she wanted to put on a show. Right. she's going to put on a show for our family, and all week long she's like planning it out. She'll like bring me out there every once in a while and be like, "Oh, this is what I'm going to do," but I can't do it yet because Daphne's not here. Like, she's just working on this thing, and she she wants to put on a show for our family. It's great, right? So, um, she's brought us gift certificates, like right for admission into into the show to make sure we can come. We've got everything that we need, and uh, and apparently Karen and Alice were out at uh, at one point and. She's telling this this lady uh, um, that she sees uh, about the show that she was gonna do, and the lady's like, Oh, are you gonna you gonna charge you know five dollars admission for, for your parents to be able to go to your show? And House's like, she knew she'd give us the gift certificates, right? So she's like, No, I can't, you know, I can't do that. But she, she kind of kept thinking about it. <laughs> so here's what my genius, perhaps manipulative, daughter came up with, um, which which is grand was this be free admission into the show, um, and if they, for anyone to leave, you had to pay her five dollars <laughs> right. um, It's great. You're a little bit hotel, California, you know, you're, you're in there, you don't have any cash, you're, you're just kind of stuck. The show. must go on. You're, you're not going anywhere. Um, all right, that's fun because it's Alice, and you know what? If you don't have five bucks, you can just leave, and she'll tell you you can pay her later. you'.) Know, you're, you're but uh, uh, out not that difficult to get away from, uh, this passage is talking about something a little bit more. Uh, Jesus says, deliver us from evil. And you can actually just as, uh, just as well translate, and oftentimes it is translated, deliver us from the evil one. Uh, deliver us from the devil. Deliver us from uh, Satan himself. And, and Satan doesn't want to relinquish any hold on you that he can gain. Um, and... You're not more powerful. You're not able to get out. Um, Your power, you're too weak, you're stuck, uh, you missed the exit, you're not able to make the exit. Um, And we need someone to rescue us from evil. We need someone to rescue us from when we're stuck, rescue us from the power even of the evil one. Even the evil that we got ourselves stuck into. Even as Satan lured us into it. Even though there may be a sign that says Exit now, we can't turn. So we're not looking. are not able to look. Um, we need someone, we need to call out for someone to rescue us, for someone to deliver us from evil. Somehow the notion still seems to prevail uh, for us and, and in our hearts that we kind of need to get to a better place and then we can call on God. But, uh, like if, if we know that we're just in rebellion against God and we're doing all this kind of stuff that he hates, I would, we, we, we feel the guilt of it, we know the wrong of it, we're in the middle of it, we feel the shame and we feel like I can't go to God now. I need to maybe stop this and start doing some other things and, and then I can call out to God. I, I, some other notion is still kind of there. I think in, in some ways that's one of the devil's very powerful lies that, that we like to believe. We don't want God to see us in the mess that we made for ourselves. We don't want him to see our shame. We feel like we need to make some, some effort of, of, of good faith uh, on our part for then God to be able to help us. Look at the way the passage talks about it, right? Lead us not into temptation, the end part, but deliver us uh, from evil. Deliver us away from evil. Deliver us out of uh, evil. Um, the evil that we're in. Uh, The idea is that we pray to God even when we find ourselves, and especially when we find ourselves stuck in evil. Uh, stuck under the power of the evil one. Right? So so when the gossip is rolling off your tongue, say, God, rescue me. Here I am in this position and and what I want to do is do exactly what I shouldn't do. Uh, When you're... Arrogant silence is condemning other people around you, but you're too afraid to admit that you struggle. Um, when the porn images are streaming across your computer and you don't want to turn it off, when the making out's going uh, going too far um, and you like it, and you're, you're mad at yourself for eating the nutritious meal that would be very healthy for you to eat. Um, and when you're trying to control the people around you in the situation there, when you're in the middle of it, when you feel stuck, when you feel wrong, or when you feel shamed, God, rescue me from in this evil. Oh, rescue me from the power of the evil one now. I don't know how to get out. I can't do it. I've gotten myself into it. I need to be rescued. You are my hope. Because um, God, the God of mercy, God who's rich in mercy, who loves to save, who loves to rescue, who loves to deliver us, God who saves us in our sins, uh, call it to him to rescue us. He rescued us, first of all, through Christ as our Redeemer and the work of redemption, right? Our desires are for bad things, for, for wrong actions. James Passage says, lead to death. Uh, death is deserved because God has the right to punish us. Uh, Made in his image, but abusing that, he has the right to punish us by full, uh, forever rejection to hell. Um, what's God done? In his love, uh, sent his son into the world to save sinners, uh, to save us while we're still uh, sinners. Jesus stood in our place to be punished, uh, to be rejected, uh, to experience death and hell for us. And after three days, uh, he rose, rose again to life vindicated uh, as righteous with the Father. As for the evil one, it didn't go so well for him. Uh, Jesus rose on the third day. As for the devil, uh, it didn't, didn't go so well for him. Hebrews 2.14 describes, uh, describes Jesus in flesh and, and blood, the uh, purpose of his death being this way, that through death, Jesus destroyed the one who has the power of death, that is, it says, the devil, and delivered the rest from evil, and delivered all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. Uh, that's what Jesus has accomplished. He has been victorious over uh, the devil. The evil one who may often still ensnared us has been conquered. And through that, Jesus has delivered us uh, through fear of death and the fear of the consequences of sin, fear of the guilt of sh- sin, the shame of sin. Um, and Christ, as our deliverer, as our rescuer, brings life, uh, brings uh, salvation. But there's no more punishment. Because right? we don't want to call out in the middle of things because. Well, then it would be pretty obvious that we're doing wrong and we're caught, and so we have to be punished now. There's no more punishment. Jesus is taken here. You're free in the middle of it. The is that God rest in me, place even what I'm doing now on Christ's account, but He freely offered, because I have no other hope. I know you, you come to God, and there's, there's no more punishment. There's no more rejection that he's not going to want you uh, there. He sent Jesus speaking to be condemned because he wanted you when you were in your sin. He wanted to draw you uh, back into his fellowship, into his family, uh, adoption, forgiveness of our sins, the full redemption and made promises to us for eternity. Uh, that's how God wants to, to deal with us. That's how he rescued us in Christ. Colossians 1, 13 says, uh, the, uh, about Christ, that He has delivered us from the domain of darkness. You know, darkness still exists. He delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son. There's our citizenship. In Him we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Right? In Christ, we can be brought to eternal safety. He's rescuing us. That safety doesn't mean that there's not still a, a present struggle with evil. I mean, like, oh, since trials has already happened and the and the resurrection's already happened, then we don't need to still be, be praying for this. We're still struggling with evil. You can daily attest to the presence of, of evil. There's a further aspect to the, to the rescue. Um, right when Christ returns, there's a, there's a full and final end of Satan, and all lies are with him. Satan and all evil will be fully and finally put away. Ended. No more. Gone. Gone. Not existing. No more brokenness in the world. No more hurt. No more pain or crying or sadness or or tears. No more lies. No more seduction. Um, No more manipulation and evil. No more sins. No more temptation. And No more evil to be stuck in. We're still waiting for that rescue to be complete. Um, But we've we've been pulled out of the the wreckage. um, We're waiting to be brought to a place where there's not any more danger ever around us. So what do we do? pray. We pray that we would continue, that we would live in the experience of that rescue, and we would pray for the full fulfillment uh, of that rescue finally. Pray that God would be our rescuer, that he would deliver us uh, from evil, and deliver us fully and finally from the evil one. We're vulnerable uh, to evil. Very easy. Uh, very obviously oftentimes. I said, now, but we don't know how to get out. Um, even when we're stuck in the middle of sin, call out for rescue. Call out to God to be saved in Jesus, that your punishment will be on him, his obedience uh, on your account. Uh, continue to call out to him until we're fully delivered from all evil. Jesus teaches us to pray. Uh, He teaches us how to pray, uh, and particularly teaches us to pray for God to be our guide and for God to be our rescuer because we need it. What temptation do you find yourself going into? Right now, what temptations do you particularly find yourself going into? What evil do you find yourself stuck in? having no clue or ability how to get yourself out of it. Um, don't be afraid to admit your weakness or your vulnerability or even your, your failure uh, in those things. God delights for us to come to him in open need, um, in open failure, asking for redemption, asking for rescue that he's given. He's done enough to provide for uh, He's given it all and he'll finish it. He loves to answer that prayer and will answer it for us Uh, In fullness, Jesus encourages us to pray, uh, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil.